0: Hello, Evangel family. It's strange to be standing here in the sanctuary without you in front of me. As you are aware, there's a great concern regarding the spreading of the COVID-19 virus among the most vulnerable, the ill, our children and our seniors. So as a leadership team, we've decided to cooperate with health officials to suspend our Sunday gathering for March 15th. And all midweek activities until March 29th and to monitor things closely moving forward on a week-to-week basis. We're going to be making a decision regarding next Sunday, later this week, and we'll communicate to you via our website, Facebook pages, emails, as best we can. Our church office will remain open for normal office hours, Monday to Friday, 9 till 3 each day, and our pastoral staff will continue to work throughout this time. So if you have any questions or you need anything, please contact us. On Thursday of this past week, I stopped at a grocery store on my way home to pick up some milk. The parking lot was packed. The carts were all gone. The lineups were huge. And many of the shelves were emptied. Over the last few hours, major sporting leagues like the National Hockey League, the National Basketball Association, Major League Soccer, Major League Baseball at all suspended or delayed their seasons. The Ontario government had just announced an additional two week shutdown of public schools following March break. Adding these latest developments to the ongoing news reports, quarantines and travel restrictions, it created a sense of fear and panic in the public. People were frantically buying up goods and toilet paper. The fear around me was tangible. You could feel it. It was engulfing. It brought on feelings of being anxious as I stood in the store trying to locate the milk cooler. The dictionary defines fear as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain, Or is a threat. Now this unpleasant emotion affects behavior. When people experience fear, they typically take one of two roads. First, the low road. The response to fear on the low road is quick. It's messy. It's driven by panic. It's irrational. It's shoot first and ask questions later. You take no chances. Of course, the second option is the high road. And the response to fear on the high road involves taking one's time, processing the events, being more thoughtful, considering all options, being well informed before reacting. On the low road, fear and panic are in control. On the high road, thoughtfulness and faith are in control. As followers of Jesus, we are reminded numerous times in Scripture to fear not, to not be anxious, to not be afraid, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. The low road is not for followers of Jesus. The low road is not for followers of Jesus. It is our responsibility to be prudent, to carefully consider, to take the necessary steps to ensure safety, to remain calm, and to do what needs to be done. Now our scripture today reminds us of what happens when people who should put their trust in God Instead, take the low road of panic and fear. And I want to read for you a selection of verses that are found in Numbers chapter 13 that kind of frame the story there for us. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land and they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. There are three parts of this story that I would like us to review briefly today. The first is information gathering. The journey from Egypt to the promised land was a very difficult, challenging journey. Finally, They're standing at the edge of the promised land. It's time to prepare to embrace God's promise. It's an exciting time. A time of new beginning. Hopes and dreams are about to be realized. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, it tells us that it was the people's idea to send in these spies and that God approved and agreed with their request and went along with what they were asking. God advised the leadership in Israel to choose one man from each of the 12 tribes who was seen by others as being a leader. Their task, to enter undetected into this new land in order to gather information by observing the land and observing the people. Are the people strong or are they weak? Are there few or are there many? Are there towns, are they small or are they large? Are they fortified or are they on-walled? Is the soil fertile or is it poor? Are there trees? And bring back samples of what you can find. So 12 men are chosen and they're sent out on a fact-finding mission, gathering information. The second part of the story is conflicting reports. After 40 days of exploring the new land, the 12 spies returned to the camp. Moses, Aaron, and the whole Israelite community gathered to hear the report. There's excitement in the air. The people couldn't wait to hear all about the land that God had promised to them. What are they going to say? What are they going to show us? The report started well. The spies began by confirming that the land does indeed flow with milk and honey. Clearly, this is symbolism. But language used for this is a prosperous, plentiful land. They brought back an enormous bushel of grapes. They brought back figs and pomegranates. And you can feel the excitement building in the story. However... In a single moment, with the use of a single word, the excitement fades and reality hits them. And those reporting start out on the low road. And the word they used was but. But. It is a land filled with milk and honey, but. The people who live there, are powerful. And they began listing all the nations of people that occupied the land. They said, there are Amalekites. There are Hittites. There are Jebusites. There are Amorites. There are Canaanites. And the list is long and frightening. The cities are large. And not only are they large, they are fortified. They are inaccessible. They are impenetrable. They said, we can't do it. They're stronger than us. Now, they're exaggerating their report to prove how impossible entering God's promise would be. And they told the people that there's even Anakites. Now, Anakites were known as this race of very large men. And, you know, sort of people believed that they were half human and half angels, this race of giants. And there was this belief that they devour those who live around them. And the spies said, in comparison to them, we looked like grasshoppers. But there are two spies that brought a different report that looking at the same situation, the same cities, the same towns, the same people, the same nations, brought a very different report. Rather than going down the low road, they took the high road. And those two were Caleb and Joshua. And Caleb spoke up and he said, we should go up and take possession of the land. We can certainly do it. Wow, that's a big... That's the big difference in what was said before. He said, if the Lord is pleased with us, then he will lead us into the land and give it to us. Don't be afraid. Fear not, right? Don't be afraid. We will swallow them up. Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. They weren't denying that there were challenges ahead. They weren't denying the reality of what existed and what was happening around them, but they were believing that God was calling them to be a people of faith, not a people of fear. The report of the 10 spies was more than a challenge to the report and faith of Caleb and Joshua. This was bigger than doubting Caleb and Joshua. It challenged The sufficiency and promise of God to lead them into the land and to give to them this land as a fulfillment of a promise to Abraham. The third part of the story that I want us to see are the varied reactions. The words of the ten spies spread like wildfire through the camp while the words of Caleb and Joshua fell on deaf ears the people were upset and frightened. They all started running down the low road, immediately joining the others on the low road. Now it's important to note that these are the same people, the very same people, who personally witnessed the miraculous hand of God on them throughout this journey in the wilderness. They saw how God dealt with the plagues in Egypt and protected them. They were there when God parted the Red Sea and they walked over on dry land and their enemies were engulfed in the waters behind them. They were there when the bitter water became pure, beautiful drinking water. They were there every morning when the manna covered the ground and they were able to gather up God's daily provision of food. They were there when God caused a great wind to blow in the quail and they were able to eat meat. They were there when there was no water to be found and God provided water from a rock. Time and time again, they were there when God gave victory over enemies who seemed bigger and stronger and more intimidating than they were. They were there every day observing God's glory and presence in the form of a cloud by day and fire by night. What's interesting to me is that these same people who experienced all these things have now embarked on the low road of fear. No one spoke of God's grace shown to them time after time after time. No one started sharing testimonies of the miracles that God had performed on their behalf over the time he'd been leading them. In fact, the majority of them, we're told, are wailing and screaming and angry. Fear is consuming them. Of course, they begin to focus their complaining on their leadership, on Moses and Aaron. In complaining about the leadership, God said, you know what, you're not complaining about Moses and Aaron, you're complaining about me. In fact, you are a generation of complainers. They wished they had died in Egypt or in the desert on the journey rather than get this close to God's promise and not be able to have it. They suggested that they choose a new leader who would lead them back to Egypt. But there were four, only four people in the midst of this large crowd who refused to take the low road, who started out on the high road, Moses, Aaron, Caleb, and Joshua. And although outnumbered, they addressed the crowd and spoke into the chaos and into the fear. They reminded the people, the land is exceedingly good. God will lead us into the land if we submit ourselves to him. He will give it to us. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The Lord is with us. Well, the people's response was they wanted to stone them to death. They didn't want to hear anything positive because when you are on the low road, when you are reacting irrationally, you do not want to hear the wisdom of those who have taken the high road. And they didn't want to hear it. They wanted to shoot first, or in this case, throw first, and ask questions later. Consequently, they were not allowed to enter the land. All of those who were 20 years of age and older, who complained, who took the low road, who embarked on a road of fear, God said, you're going to die in the wilderness. And following that, the people were led back from the edge of the promise into the wilderness for 40 more years until all of those 20 and older all died. I believe that the preceding outline is one that we can relate to in recent days in what we are facing and what we are going through. First of all, information gathering. Never in our history have we had more information available to us. By means of our TVs, the internet, and social media. Everywhere we turn, we are seeing and hearing about COVID-19. We desire information. It's important for us, hear me, it's important for us to know the facts. It's important for us to gather information. And it's important because it will help us to respond appropriately and accordingly. But it's also important that we not become so fixated on all these things that we begin to lose focus on reality, and more important, we lose focus on God and fall into the trap of overwhelming fear. Gather the information you need. Listen to the information that is being communicated. But don't allow it to consume you with fear. Secondly, conflicting reports. This is likely what is most frustrating for many of us. There always seems to be conflicting reports. Varying opinions. Some telling us it's no big deal. That more people die of the regular flu every year. That this is just propaganda for political advantage or... You know, the great new term, fake news. Then we have others who are asking us to do certain things, to take certain action, to be responsible. Things like quarantines and closures of facilities where people are gathering in large groups where to, to help the virus stop spreading. During these times... We must seriously consider the information that's being propagated and we must respond peacefully, without fear, and appropriately. Thirdly, varied responses. In our scripture in verse 13, verse 31, the 10 spies said, we can't do it. It's not possible. It's bigger than us. It's intimidating. In 13, verse 33, they said, we look like grasshoppers in comparison. They took the low road. They panicked. They were irrational. In verse thirteen thirty, the two spies, Caleb and Joshua, said, we certainly can do it. We should do it. God will lead us. In chapter 14, verses 7 to 9, Joshua and Caleb said, he will give the land to us and he will swallow them up because the Lord is with us. They took the high road. They saw the bigger picture. They processed the information more thoughtfully. The primary difference between Caleb and Joshua and the other 10 spies were their perspectives. The 10 spies kept using the word we, 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 seeing the challenge from human perspective. And when you do that, you feel adequate and inadequate rather, and they did. They felt inadequate, and rightfully so, because in human terms, the task before them was impossible. But Joshua, Joshua and Caleb, they kept using the words, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. They're seeing the challenge in light of God's perspective, God's promise. It's not about their ability to do it. It's not about intimidation, because in God's terms, it is certainly possible. Folks, there are going to be moments when we will have to choose between fear and faith, where we will have to choose between embarking on the low road or embarking on the high road. What will allow us to choose faith over fear will be the fact that we know and we believe that God is with us. Choosing to see the challenge before us through the eyes of God and not the eyes of man. Folks, when facing a choice between faith and fear, regardless of how daunting the reality is, we must choose faith. As followers of Jesus, we are reminded numerous times in Scripture, as I said at the beginning, to fear not, to not be anxious, to not be afraid that God has not given us a spirit of fear. The low road is not for followers of Jesus. Hear me. The low road is not for followers of Jesus. It is our responsibility to be prudent. It is our responsibility to carefully consider. It is our responsibility to take necessary steps to ensure safety. It's our responsibility to remain calm and do what needs to be done and trust in Jesus. So during these times, take the necessary measures to be safe. During this time, Spend time praying and reading God's word to help you build your faith, not fear in your life. And during this time, be more aware than ever of those around you and how God might use you to help them practically and spiritually. As I saw in that grocery store on Thursday, And again on Saturday morning as I went when the store opened to get the things in that I needed, our world is engulfed in fear and panic and concern. And it is an opportunity for us to show the love of Jesus, to display the peace and calm that he can give. But it's also an opportunity for us to come alongside and help. Is there a neighbor? Is there a friend? Is there a coworker? Is there someone that we know that could use some practical assistance? Do they need prescriptions delivered or picked up? Do they need food items or products? Do they need someone just to talk to, to listen, to encourage them, to hear them, to help them be relieved of their fears? In this moment of what we are facing... This is not a time for us to embark on the low road of fear. It is time for us to take the high road of faith and to be productive and helpful, not only to our community and society, but to the kingdom of God and to those that surround us. Folks, God bless you. And I pray that you will have a safe and fruitful week facing your fears, by taking the high road, and finding faith in Jesus Christ. We will be praying for you, and if there's anything we can do to help you, please let us know. God bless you.